All right, we're doing something different in the house at I-9 Church today. I know this is like, this is uncomfortable for a lot of people. We're going to get started with the message today. Come on, somebody, let's get excited about the Word of God. That's right. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Amen. That's what I got, one amen. Some shout-outs, that's good. Not for me, but for God. This is the Word of God, and as a pastor, as, a, you know, one of my passions and one of my areas that I really just have a desire and a passion for is speaking and preaching. It's because that's what transformed and changed my life, hearing the Word of God, this living Word. And it's just, I always say this, it's just not ink on paper, but it is a living Word, a transformation Word, something that is going to change us from the inside out. So I just, the Word is so dear to my heart. And before I get started on the Word, before we get started... We just got a couple announcements. I just want to let everybody be aware that we have our Reach Out team and we have our Who's My Neighbor team. It falls under um, the Reach Out and then Who's My Neighbor helping out, going out to the lost, going out to the community, going out to each other to help each other out. So if you're interested in being part of that, it's something dear to I-9 Church to be part of a Reach Out team, uh, Who's My Neighbor team. Come see Pastor Mike, Mike Quinlan. He's the handsome fellow that is sitting over there. He was on the keyboards today. Also, to be aware, we have children's ministry, we have youth ministry, and we have our gallery, which is our 1835. And if you need any information on that, you can come see myself. You can come see Sarah about the gallery. We uh, host those every other week, and we have youth every week, and we have juniors and seniors, juniors and seniors. And, of course, we have children's church, which, as a family, we all need uh, help in and and us putting our service to glorify God to help the children to help the youth and to be part of the young adults we also have prayer night everybody our lighthouses this is 710 to 810 not only do we have this online but we also go into houses and groups and we do our lighthouses from 710 to 810 this is something that we believe that is going to be huge in the kingdom of God into praying and just building up the kingdom of God for other people to build relationships with each other. So if you want to be part of that, if you want to be part of a house, a lighthouse, go see Pastor Brian or Pastor Sherry. He's the other handsome fellow sitting over there with the orange um, Yeti cup. <laughs> no, Pastor Luke, I did not say you. <laughs> Also, guys, before we get into the message, let's just pray over our tithes and our offering. Lord, we thank you for this day. We give you the honor and the glory, Lord God, that we can give with a generous heart, that we can give knowing that it is going for the kingdom to honor and glorify you, Lord God. May our giving, Lord God, just be a passion in the hearts of the believers, Lord God. May it be a passion here at I-9 Church, and not just here at I-9 Church, but all churches, Lord God to glorify and honor you. In your name, Jesus, amen. If you have a tithe and offering before you leave, there's a bucket, a box over there, or you can e-transfer it to send it to info at i9church.com or mail or drop off at the address on step number two. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. All right. I'm excited about this word. We're closing up our series. Our series is on consecration, consecrate. And we've done three, series, three episodes on that, and we're closing episode four today. Next week is a new series, so you do not want to miss that. Not that we do series all the time, like 
our series, we do not like plan it years in advance because we're like, what is God saying now, right? Like when we pray, we don't just come up with like a year plan out. We're like, okay, this week. All right, this is a series. You got it? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to say, but this is what we're going to talk about. We all feel it in our heart. We have a desire to speak something, to share something with all of you in the house of God at I-9 Church. So we are going to read Isaiah 6. I read the little verse in from Holy, 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 but I want to continue a little bit about this this Isaiah it's chapter 6 verse because today we are talking about holiness I just got to check my time make sure I'm done at a certain time because we still got to pray and we still have to worship amen so so I want to talk about holiness but here's the thing brothers and sisters as I talk about holiness I'm gonna add something else to this word holiness and through this word holiness I wanted to relate to works so today you're getting a special two for one, and you only have to tie them, give you offering once. That was, okay, not that great of a joke. Unless <laughs> but, but I want you to understand something. I'm going to be really focusing on holiness, but how holiness, how holiness is so detrimental to how we do our works. See, because we kind of don't speak it enough about works. We know, this is what we know this. We know, yes, works does not get you into heaven. We don't need works from salvation. It is salvation. It is the grace and mercy of God, the love of God. Now our faith that now we go into works. But if I could just be real, maybe for some of us, we don't realize what we're doing in our life, in our journey when it comes to works. And this hit me hard when I was going through this message because it's like, I feel like I fell into that category. Now, don't all just judge me right now because once I'm through with the message, I'm hoping God is gonna give you a gentle kiss and realize you've been doing it too. For me, he smacked me on the face, gently, loving, caringly. <laughs> but anyways, let's get right into Isaiah 6. You ready? ready. It was the year... King Uzziah died, that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. <coughs> they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies, the whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, this is Isaiah speaking, it's all over, I'm doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's army. Mm. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar. With a pair of tongs, he touched my lips. With it, he said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Let's just pause right there for a moment. This is a beautiful foreshadowing of what Christ Jesus has done for us. The seraphim grabbed the coal with tongs from an altar, an altar where you would sacrifice and give glory to God, where you surrender and give glory to God, to where it is revealing that Jesus was a sacrifice and went to the altar for us, what, to remove our sins. A beautiful, just a beautiful prophetic 
foreshadowing in the Old Testament about Jesus, our Lord and Savior, as he was a sacrifice for each and every one of us. Then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to his people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Now, as we read these verses, as we read holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's army, the whole earth is filled with his glory, we have got to understand something. Before Isaiah said, send me, he saw these mighty, majestic creatures, the creations of God, these beings saying, holy, holy, holy is you, Lord God. I mean, I don't know about you, but if we were to see these seraphim, these mighty beings, we would take a step back and be like, these things are amazing. Wow. But yet we have these amazing, mighty beings saying, holy, holy, holy to God. What is holy, holy, holy? Holy is holiness. Good definition right there. It's morally perfect. It's pure and set apart from sin. It's unique that no one can be compared. So yes, God is morally perfect. He has no sin. But also, it is that there is no other like God. No one can compare to God. When Moses went up to God and he said to God, who should I say sent me? Who should I say who sent me? What is your name when they ask? And God says this to Moses, I am who I am. Meaning there is no one like me. There is no one above me. In fact, no one even comes close. If we were to put God on a page and on paper and put somebody who compares to him, we'd write down God and that's it. Really, that's it. See, we can compare ourselves to each other. We can compare hockey players. Well, who's better, Wayne Gretzky, Gordie Howe, um, Crosby. There's, I don't watch hockey anymore, so I'm out of the loop there. We can watch basketball. We can compare about basketball. LeBron, LeBron James. I don't watch basketball much either. Michael Jordan. We can compare in football, in soccer, in art, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael, Donatello, to name a few of the turtles. (laughs) Right? But we can compare them with God. It's just God. We don't even come close. We don't even come close. Holy, holy, holy. See, I want today's message for us to truly grasp that we serve a God who is set apart, and there is none like him. Because when you understand that, it's going to change the course of your life. It's going to change the course of your thoughts, the way you think, the things that we do. Holy, holy, holy. In fact, as they spoke these words, this is what it says. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. I want to ask you something, brothers and sisters. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, has when you understand the holy, 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 the holiness of God, we are that temple. When they spoke it, the temple shook to its foundation. What is going on in your temple? Is there a shaking and an honest and a reverence that holy, holy, holy is your name? And is there a shaking, a stirring going on inside of you? It should be like that continually because continually they do not stop saying holy, holy, holy. 
And if we miss the fact that God is not set apart, that he's not holy, 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 we don't feel a shaking stern inside our temple. Come on, somebody. I hope this is speaking to somebody. Because if I'm just being real and honest and I just examine myself, there are days when there's no shaking in the temple. Because I'm not really proclaiming that God is holy, 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 set apart above all. I know it. I've heard it. But I just keep it sometimes in the back burner. And I don't continually understand how holy our God is. And Isaiah, once he hears how holy he is, he says, send me. Now let me go. See, Isaiah understood something from Exodus 15, 11, if you're taking notes and you want to follow some of these verses. It says, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, <laughs> among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, set apart, most holy, no one like you, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Who compares to you? That as I say, holy, 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 my praises go up to you. There's a reverence, there's an awe, there's a shaking inside my temple that I just have to lift up my arms, that I cannot stop to kneel, whether we kneel publicly or kneel from within, inside our soul, inside our spirit, that you, Lord God, there is no other. So much so that when, God said, when Isaiah said, send me, this is what God says right after. No one's going to listen to you. No one's going to care. No one's going to follow me. No one's really going to see myself as holy, holy, holy. But yet Isaiah kept pressing on. Isaiah understood something. It is from holy, holy, holy we continue to go do works. We continue to glorify and honor God on the foundation that there's a shaking in our temple to our core that God is holy, holy, holy. Amen? Come on, somebody. You catching something today? You catching what I'm throwing a little bit? That was just a filler. I needed a drink. <laughs> Romans 12. This is what it says. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual Worship. Another translation says, which is your reasonable service? Paul is saying here to present yourselves as a living sacrifice. As Christ presented himself as a sacrifice on the altar. As Isaiah understood that he was now a living sacrifice. When the coal touched his lips from the altar. That he now became this living sacrifice for a holy, holy, holy God. And we are to be this living sacrifice because this is our spiritual worship our reasonable service what does reasonable service actually mean when you look up the greek word when you break it down it means logic everybody say logic, logic. working through the divine reasoning known through faith so it's logic working through divine holy heavenly reasoning known through faith what is logic logic is a science that studies the principle of correct reasoning so, for example, if I see two kids, I'll, just, I'll picture two of my kids, and one is allergic to peanut butter, and the other one's not allergic to peanut butter, and I go into the room, and I notice some peanut butter cookies from the jar is missing, 
and my one kid knows that he should not be eating peanut butter cookies, I go in and I said, who ate the peanut butter cookies? And my one son, who is allergic to peanut butter cookies, says, not me, in fact, because he has his own cookies to eat. But my, my other son says, not me, and he has peanut butter crumbs all over his face. It makes sense that he ate the cookies. So a reasonable service, is it, it makes sense that we become a living sacrifice. It's, this is logic. How? Through holy, divine, heavenly reasoning from through faith. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Don't let anybody tell you that faith is blind because the world thinks that we just go into things blindly, that faith is the evidence of things not seen. Sometimes I don't see the things that I'm going after, but my faith in God is not blind. Because I know the character of God. I know who Jesus is. I've studied. I've read. And it makes sense to me that we serve a God and we proclaim holy, holy, holy. Because this is exactly what Isaiah saw. Holy, holy, holy. He saw this. And it makes sense. It's logic to say, send me. Send me. See, Peter, when he was talking to Jesus, and Jesus said to all the disciples, who do you say I am? And they said, you are the Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one, the called one, Lord God Almighty. And he said, great, you did not hear this from your own human effort or your own human interpretation, but you heard it from heaven. You heard it from God. So Peter and the disciples, they didn't have faith blindly. They saw the character of Jesus. They understood who Jesus was. They knew Jesus. They saw his miracles. I don't, I don't just, see, faith is not putting on a blindfold, being blind, and saying, God, I'm serving you, dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum, open a door, oh, look, a bat of sharks, ah, glug-glug-glug, oh, now we're up in heaven, hi, Jesus. It's not, we're not entering into something blindly in Christianity. We're entering into something that is truth. We're entering into something that is powerful. We're entering into something that is mercy, grace, and love. We're entering into something that is real and tangible. We're entering into heaven, and it makes sense why not to serve God. See, God is a God of science, somebody. Somebody out there listening online that doesn't serve God and say, how could God be just a God that, poof, this pops up and poof, this pops up? God's not a God. God is a God of science. And this whole Big Bang theory and this whole evolution theory, listen, listen. When something comes together and if it bangs and it forms something, I'm just dabbling a little bit in this. I'm not even going that deep into it because I got so much more to say on God's holiness and works. That, and, it, and it creates something and it made something or evolution from this organism, from this organism, and it created something. Did that just happen then? If that's actually true, did it just poof, magically appear? Like, it's, 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 it's picture this. A tree falling, poof, and out pops a chair. <laughs> Does that make, is that logic? Does that make sense? There is, <laughs> somebody had to create the tree Somebody, there was a science in building the chair. Who did it? When you look to this world, you see God everywhere. Everywhere. It makes sense to me to serve a holy, holy, holy God who is above all things. 
So our faith is not blind, brothers and sisters, because the word says that he makes the blind see. So it's foolish. It's foolish to think that faith is just a blind faith. We are following something true. And it is coming from heaven. And it speaks in our hearts so deeply that when we say holy, 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 there's a shaking going on in our soul. Come on, somebody. Yeah, Woo! Preaching something here, I think, for us. So what does it say continually after we read that verse? It goes on and it says this after we are these living sacrifices. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transferred, transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by, see, this is just what I was preaching on. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. But we need to have a renewal in our mind. And we go forth. And we become this living sacrifice. It is our reasonable service. It is spiritual worship. And we become this living sacrifice because we know the truth. And the truth is God is holy. The truth is God is above. The truth is there is none other like God. That's the truth. That's the truth. Paul says in Romans eleven thirty six, For everything comes from him and exists by his power and it is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. All glory to him forever. Amen. Everything exists because of God. This is God who is holy, who is set apart. We don't even compare. In fact, as Isaiah was, saw that the, 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 the seraphim were saying, holy, 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 inadequacy started coming into Isaiah. I'm not good enough started coming into Isaiah. I'm not more than enough. I'm not ready. Surely I'm not good enough to go out. But as Jesus, from his grace, his love, and his mercy, came and took away his sins, and he saw that God was above all, that there is a God, somebody, who wants to make a connection with us, who wants to grab our hand. In fact, my hand is a part of God. He has made a connection with you, and we are formed with God himself, who is above all. But yet this God who is holy, holy, holy is holding your hand, is part of your life, who resides within you, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. We are connected with Christ Almighty. And Isaiah understood this now. I am part, I am with, I am for you, Lord God, and to you be the glory, because I am a living sacrifice, and this makes sense. Holy, holy, holy is your name. So what do we need to do, brothers and sisters? Because I feel sometimes for the longest time, we don't catch the holiness of God. We don't catch it. We don't catch it in our works, in the things that we do, our good deeds, the things that we have to accomplish. We don't catch it. We're so quick to accomplish. We're so quick to do. We're so quick to get things done. I'm not saying that we not have to be task makers and do things. I'm not saying that. But what we have to be careful is that we do not take the holy, holy, holiness away from God in what we do. Listen to what John says 
in, in, um, in, in Matthew 3. It says, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when I say repent, that could be like a scary word because I know myself coming into Christianity, into churches like this, you would hear preachers say, repent, you sinners. You're all going to hell. And I'm not saying that we do not repent and, 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 and turn to Jesus, but what, what John and what Jesus is going to say really is change your mind. Change the way you think. And then as the Pharisees started entering in, John says this in a couple of verses down. He says, but when, we, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, broad of vipers, who warned you to be free from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Change your mind in the way you think, and now you will bear fruit that is worthy in the way that you've changed your mind. See, because all they were doing was works, works, works. No love, no grace, no mercy. Works, works, works to be right with God. And I know, see, all of us are like, I know works is not to be right with God. But as we get into this message, I'm going to open up some of our hearts, some of our eyes that we've been living like this this whole time and not even realize it. Because there's no shaking going on about the holiness of God. Jesus says this from Matthew 4, 17. From then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus on earth, the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is here. What is Jesus saying to the Pharisees? What is he saying to the people who weren't repenting? Remember, this is change of mind. He's saying change the way you are thinking about your relationship with God. See, for far too long, they were trying to do, do, and do, and now they were feeling like they were in the right relationship with God. And Paul goes on in Galatians, and he says this. This is one of my favorite verses to help me understand the importance of not letting works and good deeds make us feel acceptable, make us feel approved, make us feel like we're worthy and good enough and more than enough. Or that gets us closer to God. Hey, look at me, everybody. He says this to the, to, to the people because the Pharisees and the Sadducees were these, these vipers trying to put poison into the new believers, trying to put poison into believers, trying to latch on into believers. And he's saying this to them. Why are you listening to what they are saying? Have you not been set free? This is all in Galatians 5. You're no longer a slave to this law. And he goes on, he says, For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. It goes on and he says, What benefit is there in being circumcised or being uncircumcised? See, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had these laws. And in the Old Testament, they had laws. We have a moral laws, or they had judicial laws, and they had ceremonial laws. And some of their ceremonial laws, the men had to get circumcised to, to show that they belonged to a core group of people who believed in God. Some of these other ceremonial laws were some of the things that you were to eat or not eat. Some of them was also, you couldn't get piercings or tattoos, markings of the body, because if you did back in the Old Testament, 
all the other nations were doing it, and how would, you, how would they see that you're set apart from God? And now they're trying to put these laws on people, these works on people, and they felt like if you did this, now you have a right relationship with God. And this is what, one of my favorite parts, what, what, what Paul says. If you go down, and it's such a great verse, but if you go down to verse 12, he says this, I just wish... <laughs> that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Wow. What's he saying? The pain that they're going to cause you if you think works is the way in having a relationship with God, the pain that it's going to cause your soul, I wish that they would just mutilate themselves so they could feel what pain really is. See, the whole verse talks about we live in freedom. We live on the love, the mercy, the grace, the goodness of God. We're not supposed to have this pain that I have to do, I can't touch. Because just a, just a couple verses right there. In, 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 um, let me just read. I'm going to skip some stuff and we'll get back to it. In, in Colossians, it says, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. They were even adding more rules and ways and laws to the system of works. Meaning that, that the Gentiles, if they had something to eat, and this Gentile's new believer would offer to a fake God, they're saying, you can't eat that meat. You can't touch that meat also. But Paul says, hey, listen, the person that he was praying to was a nobody. So if you want to pray to God and give honor and glory to God, eat that meat. But hey, if you're convicted, then don't eat that meat. See, he's saying, he's saying it's all about just giving holy, holy, holy to God. Have a relationship with God. So repent. Change the way you think. And we'll get back to that in just a little bit. See, these religious leaders, these so-called Christians of that time, had Jesus right there, and they missed him. They renounced him because they were so focused on having a right relationship with God from their works. Look at me, somebody. Look how holy I am. Look how righteous I am. Look at me doing all these things. Did we receive the Spirit by the works of the law? It was by the hearing of faith. This is right in Galatians 3, 2. So why do we live that works becomes our approval? Why do we live that works becomes our idol? When it is all about holy Holy, holy, a shaking going on. I serve a God who is above and there's no other. We can read in um, Luke, in Luke 10.38. And this is a, a pretty good example when you, when you read this story. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Everybody say distracted. By all the preparations that had to be made, she came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. Another translation says, my dear Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things things but few things are needed or indeed only one everybody say only one. only one mary has chosen what is better and it will not 
be taken away from her. Martha was so distracted, so preoccupied about the works that she had to do. Now, I'm not saying, brothers and sisters, that we do not do works. In fact, holiness causes us to do a work in excellence. Come on, somebody. That's something to just keep in your back burner right there. Holiness causes us to walk and work in excellence, but never to be taken away from works, from the things that we need to accomplish. It is always holy, holy, holy. And she was distracted by all the things that she had to do. See, I'm not just going to say of my wife, of we're having a gathering and we're at a, and people coming over and my wife is running around doing all these things. And she says, Michael, can you please go clean the bathrooms or help me with the vegetables? I'm not going to be like, Jen, holy, holy, holy. <laughs> Don't take me away from this. She's going to whop me with a wooden spoon across the head. And knock some holy sense into me. <laughs> so it's not about not doing the works. But what Mary had could not be taken away. She was resting at the feet of Jesus in reverence, in awe. Understanding that it makes sense that we bow down, that we kneel, that we worship, that we honor. And say, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. This is why we're living sacrifice. This is our spiritual worship. See, it's not this, brothers and sisters. It's not because we do this. Maybe just me. Send me, Lord God. I get the work done. I've accomplished it. Did you see what I did? Glory be to God. Holy, holy is your name. Come on, somebody. Don't act like it's just me doing that all the time. Giving glory to God because we've accomplished something. We've achieved something. Instead, it's supposed to be holy, 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 a shaking in our soul, in our spirit, at the core of our foundation is that I walk on the holy, holy, holy God set above, apart, become a living sacrifice, then go do. And glory, glory to you, Lord God, forever and ever. Amen. That's the way we need to be. But I could get so distracted on approval. I could get so distracted on what people think of me. I could get distracted on, God, did you see what I'm doing for the kingdom? Is it really for the kingdom or is it really for myself? Come on, somebody. This is things that I'm hoping is going to stir us up that we understand. That is all about Jesus. When he sent the 72 and they came back and they said, did you see we cast out demons in your name? They had to obey under your authority. And Jesus said, I saw, man, that was awesome. I saw you cast out demons. I saw the devil fall. But he goes, more importantly, this is just a couple of verses ahead of Martha and Mary. But more importantly, be more concerned, care more about that your names are written up in heaven. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Be glad, be joyful that you have a place up in heaven. Why? Because holy, holy, holy is your name. And I get to be a part of that? I am a hand and the feet for you, Lord God, and my name is written in heaven. Rejoice more in that than the works and the things that you accomplish and do. Because it is only one thing that we are to do, brothers and sisters. Proclaim and declare that God is holy, holy, holy. Send me. Send me. 
Because when, when, the, when Paul was talking about do not handle, do not touch, do not taste, this is what it says. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed worship, <laughs> but their false humility and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. It looks good. It looks awesome. But is it really holy, holy, holy unto you, Lord God? Because what this becomes is legalism. What this becomes is arrogancy. What this becomes is we start becoming judgmental towards each other, critical towards each other, belittling each other. Hey, just a red flag. If there's anybody here today that when you see somebody accomplish something, give praise to the Lord, is there any bitterness or jealousy residing in your heart? Mm. That might be a little bit of a sign where we're missing out on the holy, holy, holiness of God. Because let me tell you something. When Paul went forth, when Peter went forth, when James went forth, when Stephen went forth, they said, holy, 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 send me. And if you look at it from the outside, in the natural, it didn't look like they succeeded. Stoned to death. Died by the sword. In prison. Paul writes half these letters in prison. But yet he says, holy, 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 send me. See, another great thing about that reasonable service when you break down that word in the Greek form, it also means as we go forth in faith with logic and a, and a clear sense, we also go forth regardless if we go through sufferings or pain. And Paul Peter, James, John, all the disciples, they understood that. See, because we can battle and we can fight constantly about send me and let me accomplish, send me and let me do. Did you look at me, Jesus? I'm going to close up with this verse. It says this, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and he, re and he will reward each according to his works. And I know what you're thinking now. Aha! Uh -huh. See? Works gets you rewards. Woo! I'm going to work, work, work. You're missing it. It is holy, holy, holy giving it all unto God, and through us being a living sacrifice, rewards will come. Here's another thing we do. We, we are in competition for each other to get better rewards up in heaven. Don't act like you don't think that. Don't act like, I got to get this reward. I want this reward. Because the disciples are doing exactly that when Christ was at the Passover supper on his way to death. They were saying, who is going to be the greatest up in heaven? Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And they were missing it. That's why Jesus washed their feet. That's why Jesus said, you, we are here to serve. You are here to be a living sacrifice, alive as we sacrifice, alive tomorrow as we sacrifice, saying, holy, holy, holy holy is God Almighty. This is why we serve. This is why we follow. This is why we are living sacrifice. Because what good is it to gain the world but lose our soul? 
Now, to those of you who do not believe in Jesus, what good is it that you do everything in the world, gain the world, but lose your soul, lose your place up in heaven? For us Christians, what good is it that you do works? What good is it that you try to be approved by, by, by people or yourself? What good is it that you work just for yourself and then you lose your soul? You guys ever hear about that saying soul food? I want you to just get a little picture in your mind about this. To me, soul food to me is homemade spaghetti being cooked by my grandmother, homemade sauce being cooked on the stove for hours. And as I walk in, as Jen cooks it, I walk in and I'm like, oh, that is good for the soul. Mm, I love you more and more each day when you make this. So good. You know what I don't like for my soul? Gravy and mashed potatoes. Oh, the thought of it. I want to vomit. And I know, I hate saying that because most of you love gravy. And people say to me, you have to try this gravy. It is so good. I've tried it. I don't care how good you say it is. They all taste the same. Most of you are like, no, they don't. But when I taste it, it does nothing for my soul. What, what, what this scripture, what this verse is trying to say is, be a living sacrifice. Holy, holy, holy unto you and do everything we can understanding that God is set apart and there is none like him that as we go forth it is good for my soul that I'm doing everything as a living sacrifice because this makes sense that you were set apart and there's a shaking and an honest and a stirring and a comfort and a peace and a warmth knowing that you are set above, knowing that you are holy, holy, holy. And as you send us, may we continually go forth declaring your name, not to lift up ourselves, not for approval for others, not that we think higher of ourselves when we accomplish something, not that we think lower of ourselves if we fail, but God, that you change our hearts as we change our mind that you change our mind so that we can walk in your direction as we repent to you lord god saying and declaring holy 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 because brothers and sisters and somebody listening jesus is here today and he's here right now and he's the one that came in bodily form and said i am and as he said that everyone bowed no one can contain the holiness and the greatness of our God. So as we go forth today, brothers and sisters, let us stand sure. Let us stand with understanding that there is truth, that God is a God above all names, and his name is Jesus. What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. What a wonderful name. What a name to worship and glorify and say, holy, holy, holy Jesus. Can we stand and can we continue worshiping God as we worship in song? Can we stand as we continue worshiping God in prayer? And can we stand on a foundation that God is holy, holy, holy. Amen? Amen. Hey, welcome to the After 9 Show. So 
That was a wonderful service. We did things a little differently today, and I really, I really quite enjoyed it. So if you're here and you just, you know, you're watching online and you're just tuning in for the After 9 show, we have Nathan Workman and Pastor Dave Pistonese that are going to be joining me in just a few minutes. But if you're watching this and it's a Wednesday and you missed service on Sunday, then click the link in the description below and go check that out first because you're going to miss this what this was all about so you want to go check that out and then come back to us so i don't know if i really should get into it here he comes walking with what's the word motivation walking with doo -doo 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 -doo. determination i was like i don't know where nathan is i don't see I nathan it. anywhere and then shane's like he's playing <laughs> <laughs> oh duh sorry i'm like no no it's, continue what you're saying <laughs> i was just i was just doing the the whole hullabaloo about if it's Wednesday and you didn't watch service, go oh. to the description <laughs> below and check it out. Yeah. But yeah, I like service today. It's great. Pastor Michael got me laughing really hard. I don't know why. Which part? The part where it was like, if you go to a forest and a tree falls down <laughs> and then out pops a chair. <laughs> I don't know why. It makes logical sense, it right? Made me laugh. It made me laugh really hard. Yeah, I think we all had a good chuckle at that one. Yeah. Um, what did you think about service today, Nathan? Well, what I thought is I had to sprint back and forth, but that's, you did. Uh, that's selfish. That's a selfish. It's okay. Um, but You're wearing what, your running shoes. I am. I didn't slip either. <laughs> um, but oh. what Pastor Michael brought up as far as holiness. Yeah. And the thing that stood out to me the most most was uh, when he was talking about repentance okay and how repentance is a changing of your mind yep. changing of the way you think mm -hmm. because it's easy and I think we as Christians can fall into this trap of okay. I mess up I sin sorry God thank you for your grace and then you go about your day and you do the same thing tomorrow right. or a week later yeah but true repentance is when you take that that uh, that repentance that I am sorry God yeah now I'm going to use your grace as a divine empowerment right. to live better than what I was. That's right. To constantly wanting to get more like Jesus. That's right. Changing our mind. So that's what stood out to me today. That's good. I like that a lot. It's basic, but it's an easy trap to fall into. You know what it I mean? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's like, hey, repentance. Because then you're like, yeah, I've got God's grace. But if you, if you don't repent, if, if you repent without a change of heart, then it's just remorse. Yeah, is it true repentance? It's not right? repentance. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. For me, I was I was really enjoying how he was breaking down um, blind faith and how as Christians that we are not just mm. coming at it from a, a place of ignorance. And I think sometimes, and I'm not saying I don't like to generalize anything. I'm not saying all Christians are like this. But I think that sometimes people give Christianity the rap that we're closed-minded and we're, mm -hmm. you know, we just think the one way because that's how we've been legally bound to think and you know whatever yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe that for us I, I feel like i believe in jesus because i've put a lot of thought and heart and and deep meditation on the fact that jesus christ died for my sins you know he saved me i now have redemption through grace which is the blood in christ jesus and all of these things that give me that eternal hope and glory to know that um, I'm not living this life for just me. You know, I'm not just doing a mundane existence. Absolutely, yeah. So we put thought into it. It's not just blindly trusting God. It's trusting and knowing what he's going to do for us, what he's going to come through for us. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And that blind trust, and you were, you brought it up a bit. Like, I've heard, I've been called, oh, you're just brainwashed. You're, yeah. you're just... You don't just know a, what you believe. Another clog in the system. or um, But um, where am I going with this? Pastor Michael brought it up saying, like, we don't have that blind faith 
in God, where That's it's right. like, oh, I'm going to, he, he used this example, it was kind of funny, but it was right on, where he's like, oh, I'm just going to walk, open this door by faith, oops, I fell down into sharks. a pit of sharks, <laughs> I'm dead, hi Jesus, how's it going? Yeah. But it's like, he taught, he brought up the scripture, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, in Isaiah, where Isaiah saw, he's like, I've seen how holy, holy, holy he is, That's right. and I'm going to walk out my faith because of that. Speaking of holy, holy, holy. <laughs> <laughs> what an intro. She, here, you beat me to in. it. I, I love do. it. Squeeze in. Come, come on. Here, show the good people on the camera. Big hug. All right. No cheap hugs. No cheap hugs. Here, stay right here. Okay. This is our friend, Pastor Dave. Hello. <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the hug. You didn't, give, you didn't give me a hug. <laughs> you didn't give me I don't want it now. <laughs> I think we all know who he likes better. <laughs> Need something to hold on to. It's slippery out there. Here, we got to switch. Yes, I did enjoy it very much. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you what. You can't cover this part. Sorry. Okay, I'll tell you. You're doing great. There is three people in the Bible yeah. that um, imp impacted my life. And on conversion... Um, Paul said, when he got knocked off his horse, he said, who art thou, Lord, and what would you have me to do? Mm. Is what Paul said. I mean, how did, how did he come up with that? But he recognized when God had touched his life, the presence of God was so strong that touched him, he realized that there was one being touched for nothing, there was a calling on his life, mm. and he was willing to respond to that calling. Now, Isaiah, the guy he was talking about today, experienced the same thing, okay? He says, you know, who should I send? The Spirit is saying, who should I send? And Isaiah just gets touched with a coal off the altar. Isaiah says, Lord, send me. You know, so Isaiah is saying, you know, I mean, this guy is, he gets touched by the Spirit of God in a powerful way, and his first understanding is, what do you want me to do? You know? And now... Here we are in this generation. We're coming towards the end. Well, who knows, you know, but a, a lot of us older guys that have been in ministry are coming to that place in ministry where, you know, it's, what do we do, retire? You know, I can't I, retire. I, can't retire. I, I just can't. I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't feel like it, you know. But anyways, <laughs> Jesus said this. He said, I sanctify myself he's coming to the end of his ministry and i thought why would jesus sanctify himself hmm. you know like to get more sanctified just before he dies you know like he doesn't need to be more sanctified but he said i sanctify myself but then he said this is the key he said for their sakes mm -hmm. i sanctify myself mm -hmm. for their sakes i'm setting myself apart to the very end I know it's going to cost me huge, big time, but I'm setting myself apart to the very end. I know it's going to be huge, but that's what I'm doing. And I, I, I would say, after hearing that message today, what the speaker is saying is sanctify yourself and be prepared to serve the Lord to the very end. Mm -hmm. you know, give God your best. If ever God deserved our best, he always does. But if you, you think he deserves more than our best, you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. And right now we're at, at that place where, you know, uh, dispensation's coming to an end. I don't know how that's the right word, but, you know, we need to 
come to grips with, I want, I want to serve God to the very best of, right. my, of my ability, you yeah. know? That's right. So that's, that's what I think the message is all about today. Mm -hmm. Just my thought. No, that's that's awesome. it. That's a good So, summary. Pastor Dave, you brought up Paul and his Damascus Road experience in the yeah. Christian world. That's what we've heard that term of Paul getting knocked off his horse and he changes his life for the better, saying, Who art thou, Lord? What would you have me do? And I love what you said and how his response was that because he saw the goodness of God or he's experiencing a little bit and just he's like, touch. Just a touch. And he's like, I'm changing the trajectory of my life in response yeah. to how holy and how amazing yeah. he is. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Now, so good. I think it's so important as Christians to never forget that first time that you encountered Jesus, the first time you encountered God, because it's easy to go through life and to lose passion, to lose fire, to lose fervency. Yeah. But if you're constantly looking back of what God pulled you out of yeah. and where he's sending you, it's impossible not to be grateful that's yeah. good, and not to serve him, like you said. Yeah. Serve him to the end of our days. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to yeah. do. I, I, remember, <laughs> I, I remember making this commitment. Were you going to say something? It's all you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I remember making this commitment at one time in my life. I, I looked at a lot of Christians and I seen a lot of, you know, phoniness, a lot of, you know, they just weren't living a life like they were supposed to. Mm. And I come to that place where I said this. I said, God, if anybody's going to serve you, it's going to be me. That's right. I'm going to serve you with all my heart. And I can remember in those days that feeling of being totally committed. And maybe to some degree, you know, it, 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 it weans, you know. But I just realized now I'm coming to the end of life it's not a time to look forward to my rrsps <laughs> you know <laughs> right that's right it's time now to push your best foot forward and say god whatever i can do i want to do it yeah <laughs> just don't send me to africa <laughs> no i'm kidding you know. how about italy uh, you want to go to italy yeah yeah i go to italy <laughs> you know uh, send me to italy send me to hawaii you know that's what we think god whatever you want I'm serving you to the very end. That's Amen. awesome. That's, that's what I got out of it today. That's good, Pastor Dave. I think that that verse really summarizes the consecration that says, if we gain the whole world but lose our soul. You know, I think that that whole thing um, really just launches us into our next series. But I, I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. Really enjoyed this series. Um, I'm really excited that we were able to talk about this today. And I feel like it's good because it, it gives us a good level of conviction as well as like it's educating us and understanding, you know, God has more for us. You know, it's not just about legalism. It's not just about lawlessness. Ah, I see. It's about, um, you know, knowing that we've been set apart, we've been chosen, we've been consecrated for such a time as this, right? Yeah, amen. And I feel like that's good too, even what you said, Pastor Dave, about all of those men, they all had the opportunity to say, here I am, here I am, send me, I'm, I'm willing and I'm ready and I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah, that, how they come to that conclusion so quick. Yeah. It's amazing. Here I am, I love yeah. it. Here I am, send Here me. I am, reminds me of 2 Timothy 2.20. Favorite verses in the Bible says that if you cleanse yourself from the latter ways of youth, you'll be used as gold and silver in a house, not of wood and clay, that's useful good. and special to the master, ready to do any good work. Wow. So, a lot of- That was really good. good eh? I'm really impressed. Yep. Oh, I've been learning from this guy my whole life. Look at that. <laughs> well, one last word. You tell them. A lot, of, a lot of Christians think 
Go Yi is a Chinese evangelist. Pastor <laughs> Dave. I mean you. That means you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up for the day. Um, for those of you online, if you're a young adult and you want to join us at the Lighthouse tomorrow night, we will see you at the gathering at 645. Do you, do you have the address off by hand? No. No? Okay. It's off of Dominion. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do a post tomorrow, and it'll, it'll tell you where it is. But everyone uh, between the ages of 18 to 30-something is welcome to come. You can come. But it's, no, it's at the gathering. <laughs> Anyway, um, we'll see you tomorrow night at 7.10. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sarah, Pastor Dave, and my good boy over there, Nathan. Yeah, we hope you have the best day. He is a good guy. Have my the best day of your so life. Too much, <laughs> too much <hair. laughs>